Ah, Doug, it's a great day in America when I can turn on the radio station and hear your voice. This educated, rational, patriotic analysis is refreshing. And I said this the other day, if you can hear my voice right now, I would argue that you have an obligation to your country, to the Constitution, to call five friends right now and tell them to turn on the radio station and listen to the great Doug Bash. We need this radio station to be uh, inundated with listeners and calls. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest arbitrage now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words, I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media, and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. Hey, if you're new to the show, here's what you need to know. My website is all of one page. That's it. You'll find the show's logo on top, underneath, links to everything associated with the show, including links to all the social media sites on which we broadcast this show live. But here's the only one you really need. Click on the YouTube icon. Once there, click on the link that says live. There, you can either watch the show live or view the archive shows. Two clicks. That's it. And Oh, and while you're on my YouTube page, if you could manage a third click and click on the subscribe link, I would be grateful. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you'd like to talk on the radio in our second half hour, that's 702-221-SAVE, as in Save Our Democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do. So in the name of all that is holy and decent, lock him up. No dumbass of the day or week today, although there's no doubt in my mind it would be Tommy Tuberville. Instead, we pay tribute to a genuine national hero. I just learned last night that on Wednesday, we lost a giant. Addie Barkin, the attorney and progressive activist who grew to prominence campaigning for health care reform after being diagnosed with ALS. Addie was just 39 years old and died of complications from the disease. And because I don't think I can do this, I'm going to let my gal MSNBC's Stephanie Rule have the honor and bless her heart. She had trouble getting through this herself but soldiered on and did did our hero proud. The last thing before we go tonight, be a hero. Healthcare activist Adi Barkin died on Wednesday at the young age of 39 years old. 
In 2016, Barkin, an accomplished lawyer and father, was diagnosed with ALS, a disease he knew would soon paralyze him and cause his death. Faced with that unimaginably difficult and painful diagnosis, he used his remaining time on earth to devote himself to fighting for others. His mission, one mission, to improve the American healthcare system for all. As his body was failing him, Barkin testified before Congress, interviewed presidential candidates, and spoke at the 2020 DNC. Here's just a brief look at some of his incredible activism. My next guest made headlines when he confronted a Republican senator on an airplane. Adi Barkin is a 33-year-old attorney. About a year ago, he was diagnosed with ALS. I was in search of a story that ended in something more than tragedy. All right, I'm going to knock on your door. Did you just get out of jail? I just got out of jail. Are you going to keep protesting on Monday? Yeah. Hero is a new campaign that we launched this week to urge people to stand up, tell their stories, confront the elected officials. Join us in this struggle. Be a hero for your family, your communities, your country. Come give your passion and your energy and your precious time to this movement. It is a battle worth waging and a battle worth winning. And over the last two days, many people are paying tribute to Barkin and his extraordinary life and his work. Senator Elizabeth Warren posted this. Adi Barkin was a hero who made this world a better place. California Congresswoman Katie Porter wrote that Adi was a courageous activist whose legacy fighting injustices in health care will inspire generations. And California Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi said no one works smarter to advance the principle that health care is a right not a privilege. So tonight, on the 11th hour, as we and the rest of the world mourn the loss of Adi Barkin, let's do our best to follow in his footsteps. Be strong, be brave, and be a hero. And on that note, I wish you a very good and a healthy night. We are sending love to Adi's family. From all of our colleagues across the networks of NBC News, thanks for staying up late with me. I'll see you at the end of tomorrow. For all your tireless activism, all accomplished while you courageously confronted your own mortality, Addie Barkin is a Doug Basham show hero. And heroes don't need to be, nor do they deserve to be, honored for a day or a week or for any time period whatsoever. Heroes are timeless. Rest in peace, Addie Barkin, and thank you for a life cut far too short but a life nonetheless well-lived and with honor, purpose, persistence, and incredible and admirable bravery. Addie Barkin. And while I'd planned on bringing you updates on Trump's demon seeds testifying, and may still if time permits, I found something else yesterday that to me was just a much more important story. And to be honest, it both mesmerized me and mortified me. And I think it's something of which we should all be aware of. If you'll recall, back on March 25th of this year, the Orange Trader held his first clandemic rally for his 2024 presidential campaign in Waco, Texas, on the 30th anniversary of the Waco incident. I remember at the time we all thought that was kind of strange. I mean, we all... We made the connections between that tragedy and A, the, the ensuing hatred of government that ensued, and B, that it involved a word we've been using for years now, namely a cult. That said, I don't think any of us knew exactly how deep those connections went. I got home after yesterday's show and I started watching my news and I witnessed perhaps one of the most chilling interviews I've seen of late and perhaps that I've ever seen. Lost two. <laughs> oh, the soundbite isn't there? Oh, okay. Justin just handed me a note though. Well, I had to clarify what it meant. Anyhow, where was I? Oh yeah, I'm watching my news and I saw this interview and it was absolutely 
chilling. And what it did was it reinforced not only how dangerous Donald Trump is, but also how maniacal he is, which again, is a trademark of cult leaders with wet dreams of dictatorial power. Jonathan Carl is hands down one of the most prolific reporters we have seen or we have been fortunate to have in this country. He is the chief Washington correspondent for ABC News and co-anchor of ABC's This Week. He served as the chief White House correspondent for ABC News from December 2012 through the end of the Trump administration in January 2021. He is the author of three books, including the 2020 book Front Row at the Trump Show and the 2021 book Betrayal, the Final Act of the Trump Show. Both books are New York Times bestsellers. Jonathan Carl has a new book which will be released this coming Tuesday, or not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after that, November 14th. It's titled Tired of Winning, Donald Trump and the End of the Grand Old Party. And as is often, if not always, the case with political books, excerpts have been released prior to the book's publication. In fact, Carl just wrote a piece in The Atlantic just yesterday titled, quote, What the 2024 election is really about for Trump supporters, with the subheadline reading, He promised them, I am your retribution. And always quick to grab the hottest guests of, of the day, my gal Nicole Wallace had Jonathan Carl as her guest yesterday. And what I learned from that interview was, frankly, mortifying. And that's coming from a guy who has long said he doesn't believe Trump can win in 2024. But then again, I also said he couldn't win in 2016 and then again in 2020. So as I said a couple weeks ago, my betting record, 50%, is nothing to write home about, especially here in Las Vegas. But here's the caveat. We're not going to get to the Jonathan Carl part of the story today. Reason being, I've got some bits and things I think constitute a fitting and necessary preface to this story. So what we're going to do is we're going to make this a two-part show. Part one today, part two on Monday. And Monday is the climax to the story, so if you hear today's show, you don't want to miss Mondays. And let me start by rephrasing my 2024 prediction. I still don't believe Trump can win a free and fair election. But who says it's going to be free and fair? The orange diaper rash is already telling his base to intimidate voters. I played a soundbite probably a week, week and a half or so ago, and you might remember it, where Trump told people at a campaign rally, you don't have to vote. We got all the votes we need. Just go down there and watch the voters. That's what he said. We had the soundbite lined up, but somehow we lost it, so you got my version of it. But I'm going to ask, can we write this comment off to just stupidity, a verbal slip he didn't really mean or didn't want to say? I mean, that does happen often when Trump, Trump, I know, it's like, is that really a mistake? When Trump chooses, see, the next word was choose. So Trump choose, uh, you know, anyhow, live radio, what can I say? That happens often when Trump chooses to ad-lib away from a script. Or, like I alluded to, could we interpret this as Trump trying to intimidate Democratic voters into staying away from the polls, fearing possible physical confrontation with mega morons? Could it also mean he has other things up his sleeve, like all cheats do? I mean, he's had three going on four years to implement things he didn't have time to during the 2020 campaign and its aftermath. So take your pick. Maybe it's a combination of all those things. But that takes us to something the Michael Flynn trader said on Sloppy Steve Bannon's podcast just last Wednesday. I want to see these guys like you do, Steve, 24 hours a day. Put put cots, you know, hots and cots in, in the halls of Congress. Start sleeping in your offices because the American people, we've had enough. We are running out of time. 
We have maybe one more year left before we have an election. Whether or not we have that election, this administration is going to play all kinds of games. Now, we know Flynn was referring to the Biden administration when he said this administration is going to play games. But I can't help consider that what he said was more QOP projection, because the only administration that did play games in a presidential election was Team Trump. And Michael Flynn was a major player in that, urging Trump to first declare martial law and second to use the military to seize voting machines. Real patriot, that Flynn fellow. Lock him up. Court-martial his ass. And let's address one concern I've I've seen repeated online. Some are concerned that Mike Johnson, the new House Speaker, might help Trump stage coup number two after Trump loses next year. I'm not sure what power he'd have in that regard. However, the new Congress will take office on January the 3rd. If we Democrats take back the House... That would be when Hakeem Jeffries would become the new speaker, January the 3rd. The election certification takes place on January the 6th. And again, thanks to several recent court rulings restoring several majority-minority districts, along with the inevitable defeat of George trump Light Santos, Democrats do have a good chance to take back the House. So I say, let's just do it. Let's see how MAGA Mike Johnson enjoys being minority leader. Now I want you to listen to some screed Trump posted on his anti-social media site just two days ago regarding the case in Colorado. That's the one that's trying to keep him off the ballot. Now, you'll hear Trump call it a trial. It's not. It's what they call an evidentiary hearing. And by the way, Ken Buck, the Republican congressman from Colorado, from whom we heard yesterday several soundbites, he testified in that Colorado evidentiary hearing just yesterday. But this is the case intended to keep Trump off the ballot because of his role in the January 6th insurrection based on the 14th Amendment, in particular Section 3, which is called the Insurrection Clause. For those unfamiliar with this clause, let me read it to you real quick. Quote, No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress, or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislator or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States. And stick a pin in that word support. We'll return to it momentarily. To support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. End quote. And a couple weeks ago, you might recall, I addressed one defense Team Trump had tried. And this one was a gem. And I'll quote from that filing here, quote, The presidential oath which the framers of the 14th Amendment surely knew requires the president to swear to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, not to support the Constitution. Because the framers chose to define the group of people subject to Section 3 by an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, and not by an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, the framers of the 14th Amendment never intended it to apply to the president, end quote. I mean, wow. And I got to say, I've seen people play some silly semantics games in my day, but this one just might take the cake. To me, this reeks of desperation, 
I would submit that first, there's no difference between the four, support, preserve, protect, and defend. Second, why should anyone be allowed to run for president who says in a legal filing to the court, it's not his duty to support the Constitution? Oh, I can preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, but I don't have to support it, right? Well, if you don't, how long before you start dismantling it? Because, you know, as you've said, everything is corrupt and rotten in this country. Those are your exact words. And really, if you have an IQ above that of a nail file, do you want a president who says he doesn't have to support the Constitution and says it in a legal court filing? It's not like he's hiding it. Even if he does take an oath to preserve, protect, and defend it, when you know the guy taking that oath is deathly allergic to the truth and is a habitual, habitual pathological liar. And remember this, Trump took that presidential oath already. But when he lost the election and realized he was going to prison, what did he say? that the Constitution needed to be terminated. And I'll quote, I'll quote directly that social media post as well. Quote, So, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC, and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner, or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections, end quote. No, they wouldn't diaper Donald, but I don't think, but I think they'd also not condone a dictator wannabe lying about an election being fraudulent in order to remain in office and keep his criminal ass out of prison. So again, you're going to trust him the second time he takes that oath? You'd be a fool to borderline traitor, I would submit. Sadly, Trump counts millions of fools in his stable, only too willing to do just that and vote for him, as well as send this self-professed billionaire their beer and beef jerky money, repeat his lies, and worse, act on his lies. In any event, this is what Trump said and posted just a couple days ago regarding this evidentiary hearing in Colorado. And as you listen to this clip, listen to not only how desperate he sounds, not only to the mind-numbing projection, but most importantly, hear what he's actually doing. A fake trial is currently taking place to try and illegally remove my name from the ballot. I often say that 2024 will be the most important election in the history of our country. The reason for that and that statement is that our country is being destroyed by people who have no idea what they're doing, or even worse, they may very well have an idea. They may hate our country, and they may want to see it destroyed. You see the unspoken yet obvious connection there? Those who are trying to hold him accountable for his role in inciting the January 6th insurrection are doing so because they hate America? What he's really saying there is they hate Trump, which in all honesty, they do and should, just not for the reason he thinks. But as all dictators do, they equate themselves with their country. They are one and the same. America is Trump. Trump is America. Therefore, if you try and hold Trump accountable, you hate America. And as he continued, he demonstrated the most blatant example of projection I think I've heard this year. But it may also be the last election we ever have. If this election doesn't work, if this election is rigged and stolen, if bad things happen, our country will not survive. And here are two things I'd be willing to bet the farm on. 
One, that that verbiage was very much intentional. And did you hear him say, if bad things happen, who talks like that? You know, other than grade school children, if bad things happen, mommy, bad things are going to happen. The second bet I would make, that Trump is laughing his ass off at the ignorant rubes, dupes, and suckers in his base who either cannot or will not see the obvious projection there. It might be the last free and fair election we ever had. Yeah, if you manage to steal it and somehow become president. Now, some of them can see this obvious projection. They, they just projection. They just don't care. Here's one example I have used numerous times, which never fails to horrify me each and every time I hear it. Never in my life did I think I would like to see a dictator, but if there's going to be one, I want it to be Trump. Applause, applause, applause by dumbass magas for a dictator. And that was at a campaign event hosted by sloppy Steve Bannon, who will come into play when we get to the Jonathan Carl interview on Monday. But here's my challenge. I want you Trumpers to tell me one thing Democrats have done, just one, that would lead you to believe this would be our last election if we Democrats won. And real-world examples only, please. Trump's lies don't count as, as examples, no matter how stupid you might be to believe them. Trump continues and engages in the exact kind of, again, intentional, in my view, projection you just heard. If Crooked Joe and the Democrats get away with removing my name from the ballot— then there will never be a free election in America again. We will have become a dictatorship where your president is chosen for you. You will no longer have a vote or certainly won't have a meaningful vote. Same question. Give me one thing Democrats have said or done that would lead you to believe this would be our last free and fair election. Again, just one. I'll stop the show right now and take your call if you call in right now. The number is 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-SAVE. Save. And even you brain-dead Trump bumpers have to see the connection here. We will become a dictatorship where you won't have a meaningful vote. That's what he said. That's also exactly what he tried to do after the last election. Invalidate the votes of 81 million people and choose himself to be our president slash dictator. Again, Trump is laughing his bulbous ass off at anyone who listens to this garbage and is stupid enough to believe it. Send me your money. My legal bills are piling up. And what Trump says next is just rich. You will no longer have a vote or certainly won't have a meaningful vote. And you could say, frankly, that that has already begun. Yes, and you're the one who's begun it. Jesus, people are stupid if they can't see through this guy. Seriously, he is as transparent as glass. And as he continued, he started getting apocalyptic, only to return to his tired-style 2016 line, which apparently still works on the weak-minded. This truly is our final chance to save America, and with the 2024 election now less than one year away, this is your chance to take a stand against tyrants that support the one and only movement that can save our country and make America great again. Yes, it's our final chance to save America, which translated means it's my final chance to keep my ass out of federal prison. And that bit, this is your last chance to stand against tyrants, I'm still willing to bet that Trump and whoever wrote this garbage when they finished and proofread it, they could hardly contain their hysterical laughter. 
And I'll tell you what, if you have the stomach, go on Trump's anti-social media site. It's real easy. The website is truth truthsocial.com forward slash at real Donald Trump and read the comments and memes people post there. I've got one I put on on StreamYard this morning that shows Trump and a lion. You have to see this one. The slobbering cultish devotion to this fat slob and traitor will leave you scratching your head till it bleeds. Seriously, you're not going to believe it. And if you ever had any doubts that Trump's brain-dead mega cult base is indeed a cult, one trip to his anti-social media site, again, truthsocial.com forward slash the at sign real Donald Trump. One trip there will remove every single one of those doubts, I promise. And as he concludes this screed, Trump becomes his most desperate. We must win in 2024. If we don't win, we will not have a country. If we do win, we will make America greater than it's ever been before. Thank you. We must win, meaning, of course, I must win. And then he went to the old standards, we won't have a country, blah, blah, blah. So I know what you just heard, but what did you hear? And because I can't see you raising your hands, the answer is he is spreading the exact same lies now, one full year before the election, that he started spreading a few months before the 2016 election, which ultimately led to the January 6th attack on our capital. He's using the same words. And trust me, he doesn't have the best words. If bad things happen, it's your last chance to save your country. You must stand up against tyrants. If you don't, you won't have a country anymore. Does that sound familiar? And we real-world dwellers know full well what happened the last time he did this, January 6th. And as I just mentioned, this election is a year away, which means we're going to have to listen to these violence inciting and traitorous lies for another full year. And he will tell them every single day without fail. And so I have two questions. What do you, what do we honestly think a year of these lies will lead to? Do you think this country can survive a year of what you just heard? And it's going to get worse. And again, I predict he will lose if it's a free and fair election. But what if he does lose? Anybody think he'll just fade away quietly into the good night? And what about his brain-dead MAGA cult base? After a year of hearing their country is being destroyed by people who hate this country, that this is their last chance to stand back, stand by, and stand up to tyrants, and that if they don't and Trump loses, this country will not survive and they won't have a country anymore, and that there'll never be another free and fair election, and the same people who tried to make Trump a dictator will be led by a dictator if Trump loses— what do you think some members of his mega base is going to do? What might they be inspired to do? January 6th, redux? Or worse? My prediction, worse. Much worse. After a year of this drivel, look what they did after a few months of not even this apocalyptic drivel being drilled into their heads. After a full year, will we survive that? Which brings me back to the question I keep asking, plus a new one. Why is this traitor still walking around a free man and being allowed to continue spreading his anti-American, unpatriotic, unconstitutional, dictatorial poison and lies? The man tells us every single day without ambiguity what a clear and present danger and existential threat he is to our democracy and everything we hold dear in this country. And yet, 
One judge fines him $10,000. Another judge places a stay on her own gag order while Trump appeals it, even though she didn't have to. And another judge is thinking of delaying his no-brainer slam-dunk espionage trial until perhaps after the election. Can these people really be this oblivious to the true danger Trump poses that they're willing to walk on eggshells and tiptoe around him for fear of appearing biased? Have they learned nothing from the legitimate mainstream media who did the same thing back in 2016 and have continued ever since then? And have learned nothing? My solution for dissolving a cult is to remove the cult leader from the equation where he can no longer spread his violent propaganda. Period. And my second question is, and again, I'm no lawyer, so forgive me if this is a dumb question, but can any of this present-day violence-inciting rhetoric be used in his other two January 6 trials? Because he is giving us a replay of his 2016 playbook. Not a sequel, but a replay of the original horror film he wrote, directed, and starred in. Insurrection 2020, Michael Myers' Revenge. And he's offering the same prelude that led to the January 6th insurrection only a full year ahead and with more desperate, hyperbolic, ominous, ominous, and apocalyptic rhetoric. And again, we know what that led to. And of course, he's more desperate today than he was before the 2016 election. Back then, we weren't even sure, nor was he, that he'd even be investigated, let alone indicted, let alone four times, let alone be made to stand trial, let alone on 91 charges, let alone some of them on espionage charges. None of these were a factor in 2016. And January 6th hadn't happened yet. Thus, his 2016 replay has been remixed so you can hear all the notes with much more clarity. Are you hearing them? And make no mistake, it's the same dangerous song. 221-7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. That's 702-221-SAVE. And by the way, that concludes part one of our part two show that will feature Jonathan Carl in his new book. We will do that on Monday. 221-7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. That's 702-221-SAVE. Let's head to the phones, and we'll start with our resident psychologist, Carl. You're first. Thanks for calling. Hello, Doug. I hope you're doing all right. Um, listen, you mentioned about uh, Trump and uh and uh, uh, problems with uh, dictatorship and so forth. Let me explain something real quick to you. But a certain psychology with people are, have you ever heard the term birds of a feather flock together? Nope, never heard that well, one, Carl. You never heard that one? Nope, okay. nope, never. Okay, well, you know what it means. Uh, <laughs> of course okay. I've heard it, Carl. Okay. Well, I should have made it skunks. Uh, uh, together, flock together, skunks of a kind flock together, same thing. Yes. But anyway, uh, what happens is people who uh, you notice that uh, he he seems to only compliment what type of politicians does he only compliment and like to be around and like to emulate is extreme dictators and people who have that type of personality. That's the kind of people he likes only to uh, you know, say are great and uh, say he is basically what he wants to be. And the problem is that people who think like him and his followers, a person likes to follow somebody who thinks the same way they do. Of course. Because that way they don't have to, they don't have to, uh, what do you, what's the word I want to use? They don't have to fight them intellectually. They, they, their minds are so weak, they can just go along with what they think. There, there's nothing to argue about. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. And going back to your earlier point about how, how much he loves and praises dictators, I had a photo I brought in. I mean, I loaded it up, but I didn't plan on using it till Monday's show, 
One of the things he posted on his anti-social media site just a couple days ago, it was a picture of Victor Orban. And let me see what the caption yep. says. Look what came in the mail today. Thank you for your support at Real Donald Trump. Trump sent Orban a red hat that has huge letters in the front that say Trump. Do you think he sent Justin Trudeau one of those? Of course not. He sends them to dictators. I wonder how many of those hats Putin has. Well, the thing is that Trump's, like I said before, people gravitate to people who think the same way they do. Mm -hmm. So there's no intellectual fight going on between them. You know, you understand that's why all his MAGA followers, they have no uh, sensibility to Brains. fight people. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. they go along with it. Yeah, that's what I've said all along, Carl, that a lot, if not most, if not all of the people who support Donald Trump do so because they're exactly the same as he is. Well, it's, it's, it's so much easier that way intellectually for somebody to completely fall in with a person who thinks exactly the same way they do without yeah. having to. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a nothing. Yeah. It takes no brain. It takes nothing to do it. I, I that's hear the you. Problem. I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Followed, yeah. He's followed by people who, because he loves dictators, think that that's the best person to be is a dictator and go along with what he says. Yep. No question. And, uh, it's unfortunate, but anyway, that's it. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you calling in, Carl. Have a good weekend. Take care. Hey, Carl. Carl. Oh, damn, I had a question before you left. I was going to ask Carl, maybe I'll ask Gary, if anybody, if anybody cares that, what, two weeks from tomorrow, we will have our first Grand Prix race here in Las Vegas. And I know there's been a lot of complaints about how it has messed up traffic, and I hear you. I've gotten caught in it. But unlike a lot of other people, I'm actually excited it's coming here. It's a big deal. These cars, this isn't NASCAR, people driving around on oval track. This is Formula One. When they can, they like to drive and race on the city streets. They're going to be racing on our world-famous Las Vegas Strip. And that's the longest straightaway in the race, from Treasure Island down to Cosmopolitan. They figured the speeds will get up to 215 miles an hour on the Strip. The thought of going 60 on the Strip terrifies me. These guys will be going 215 miles an hour on the Strip on cars that are just technological wonders with the aerodynamics. Basically, these cars run in the neighborhood of 15 million 10 million of that alone is on the engine. Add to that, the race is going to be at night. They, they built a special road so the cars can go around our new sphere. So you'll have, you'll, they'll have the track area lit up like it's high noon, but the race will also be at night. So you'll have all the Vegas nightlights as well. I think it's going to be a big deal. Anyhow, 221-7283 is the caller number. Huh? Okay, 221, Justin and I were conversing. 221-7283 is the number. That's 702-221-SAVE. Big Bad John, you're next. Thanks for calling. Hey, Doug. Hey, John. Uh, you know what, what kind of uh, jars my applesauce? Uh, I'm getting nostalgic. That's a phrase my grandmother used to say all the time. Oh. <laughs> is, you know, we live in Nevada, and our Attorney General, Darren Ford, and, uh, you know, we are at the heart of the fake elector scandal. Uh, and we have this clown, Michael McDonald, uh, who's still, still the head of the uh, Republican Party here. Right. Uh, and we've seen what he's willing to do in the past. Um, and Aaron Ford just, he's a lightweight, man. He's just, he's, he has zero substance. If you follow him on social media, it's all about the wonder of me and pictures of, sweet pictures of him and his children and his family. Aaron, there's some heavy lifting that could be done in this state, and you are not capable of doing it, sir. Uh, it's clear that your intentions are just to, to hold that position and, and try to not, not create any waves or, or do any heavy lifting and see if you can follow Catherine Cortez Master's steps into some sort of higher office. But it is absolutely outrageous 
that in the state of Nevada, Trump is still going to be on the uh, on the election ballot. And more importantly, that there's been no serious actions taken against Nevada and Michael McDonald. It's in the name, Aaron. They called themselves fake electors. Hello, fake, fake electors. And they got away with it, Aaron, and you did nothing. Now, I understand there was some proposed legislation in the last session to, to address this. And Joe Lombardo, what's up, Joey? Uh, shot it down, but a good lawyer, Aaron, can find his way around something like that. Michael McDonald and the Nevada Republicans, clearly, clearly, it's in the name. Fake electors. Yep. Clearly must have done something wrong, and you've done nothing. Therefore, you've, you've validated their actions, and us Nevada uh, citizens, are subject to these games again coming up. And you know there's going to be games because Trump's still involved. Yep. And you sit there and you take your social media pictures of you. and You're, you're a lightweight, Aaron. You're just playing. You just want to just not make any waves, not ruffle any feathers, and just see if you can slide into high office. I think it's a disgrace. Yeah, and by the way, I've reached out more than once to have Aaron come on the show. And, of course, haven't heard back. He's a clown. He is big. He, you know what? His, I follow him on so his big, you know, his big heavy lift over the past year, as far as I can tell, he held some meetings at grocery stores uh, to, for, in, in front of crowds of maybe 15 people to discuss a proposed merger that I, nobody cares about. I, I, I do that. Some heavy lift. I do that every week. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah. I don't even have to. I don't even have to make an announcement. I just go shopping and start talking to people too. Where exactly. do some heavy lifting. Do some heavy lifting. God damn it! You know these. You know these Republicans are dirty. They're fraudulent. They'll lie. They'll cheat. They'll steal. They'll do anything to steal an election. It's called fake electors. Hello. What more do you need, Aaron? Get off your ass and start doing something. I hear you, John. Good point. Great show. Hey, thanks, John. I appreciate it. 221-7283 is our caller number, folks. That's 702-221-SAVE. Yeah, and going back to the situation here in Nevada, Aaron says there's nothing in our laws that allows him to do that. But what about federal law? Doesn't federal law count? I mean, it should. It's counting in other states. It's counting in Minnesota. That I don't know. Yeah, that, I don't know if they call that a trial or an evidentiary hearing. That started yesterday. The one in Colorado started Monday. Yesterday on Thursday, Colorado Congressman Ken Buck testified at the evidentiary hearing in Colorado. So I don't know if the, if there's some difference between Nevada and Colorado law that's allowing them to do that, but somehow I doubt it. They're not saying anything about Colorado law. They're basing it on the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the Constitution. I've read up on this. Not, not uh, There's not a lot that's available because there's no cameras inside and people are kind of ignoring it. But they're not saying anything about Colorado law. They're basing it on the federal Constitution. So I would say to Aaron, why can't we? What difference does it make what our laws are? The Constitution is the Constitution. 221-7283 is our call-in number, 702-221-SAVE. Gary, you are next. Thanks for calling. Hi, Doug. Hi, Gary. Hey, I don't know if you ever dabble with, you know, getting high, like uh, some mellow marijuana and a bottle of Ripple. Oh, Justin um, and I are high right now. Oh, uh, yeah, I, we, we, I meet, we meet here that. every morning at 10 a.m. and talk for an hour. You know how high I am? I'm so high. How high are uh, you? He asked. <laughs> he's so <My> high. <laughs> he's so my, high. He's pooping on birds. All right. Stop with the humor. You're the funniest guy I know. Or I'm really high. No, I, I really do appreciate the those sense two, of humor. Those two hey, aren't mutually hey. exclusive, Gary. It could be both. That you I'm funny been, and you're you high. Been, you could have been a magician, and you could have been... I was uh, a magician. Uh, oh, that's right. That's what I'm thinking. What's wrong with me? Oh, God, this ripple's good. Thank you, John. Oh, I want to say a word. The clinical call. I'm becoming a Christian. Even though clinical call is Jewish, lately, I love the man, and I'm not... 
becoming a homosexual. <laughs> and there's nothing, not that there's anything wrong with it. Gary, if I was Gary, homo- Gary, what? you no, don't. You, there you go again, like a right. No, <laughs> you, I have it. You have it all backwards. I want to yell at you like someone yelled at Brian Shapiro. I don't want to hey, yell at you. I, no, just... I, accuse, I accuse John of kissing your butt. Now I understand. You're kissing his butt because you're not disclosing it and you don't have to. I've never sent you a red dime and I owe you. And we're going to be, uh, I'm going to make a star out of you before anything Well, hurry else up. Happens. Hurry up. My star is fading. Thank it's you. getting tarnished. What a deal I got on this <laughs> ripple. Oh, my God. By the uh, way, Gary, you know, what I I, that... Gary, what I wanted to say earlier is when you said, yes. I'm starting to love Carl, you didn't need to add the disclaimer, and I'm not oh. turning homosexual. Oh. I mean, guys oh. can love guys without it being sexual. I love Justin right go. here. You think it's sexual? No, we look so at boot pictures together. And huh? I have nothing. I, I don't hate liberals. And I obviously, I don't hate you or, or anything. I'm not trying to mess your show up or steal your thunder, even though I, I don't know how much um, John is sending you. But if I have a good month betting the horses like I used to, and that I was a multi-thousandaire once, I could actually send some money more than John. Um, I don't care if he's a pro-Palestinian. By the way, by, by the way, no, no, wait, wait, no, no. If you if you can kiss uh, John's butt, give me one more one more second here, and I'm done. Okay. If Donald Trump has to promise to end the Third World War. He said, "If you elect me, what do you call it? I will prevent World War Three." And that's why I'm coming over to call side, but man. What do you call it? The ripple and the, the light marijuana has affected me. But if I become a Christian, I might get suicidal. Now I'll get off the phone until, uh, what do you call it, the, the next Twilight Zone. Okay? Okay, Gary. <laughs> and, and now that he's done all that, I had a couple comments I wanted to make. I'll be damned if I can remember where they were. Gary was just all over the place and totally discombobulated any rational thought I was trying to formulate to respond to some of the things he said. So I have no clue what I was going to say. Can you remember most any of that? No, it was kind of tough, huh? I mean, he kind of bounced from here to Palestinians to being high and I don't know. I, I, I appreciate the call, Gary, but I wish I had you'd allowed me to jump in when I wanted to when I still remembered what I wanted to say. Because now, frankly, and how many hosts would admit this on the air? I don't have a clue what I wanted to say. You just totally, completely discombobulated me. Anyhow, folks, that's a wrap. We made it through another week. Yay to all of us. I hope you all have a good weekend. Remember, and maybe we'll talk about this next week. I want to hear from anyone if they're excited that Formula One is coming to town. Seems to me around here, I'm the only one. (laughs) And yes, I've been affected by the hassle, the chaos. But still, it's a big friggin' deal. It's international. It's the creme de la creme of automobiles. Anyhow, folks, I got to run. Again, the website, DougBasham.com. Last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary. DougBasham.com. My email, Doug at DougBasham.com. We will do this all over again on Monday, hopefully with you. Until then, take care.